Let us pray. Amaze us, O God, with your truth. Open our hearts and our minds to your wondrous love. Speak your word to us. Silence in us any voice but your own. And be with us now as we turn our attention, our minds, and our hearts to you. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Throughout history, God has called people, often in surprising ways, to serve him. Listen to two stories of such callings from the word of God. The first is from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of God. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But again Eli said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Our second reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. Listen again for the word of God. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can any good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked of him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree 
before Philip called you? Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending and ascending upon the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Living and holy God, speak to us right where we are this day. Speak to us your word of truth. Speak to us your word of guidance. Speak to us your word of grace that endures and outlasts every obstacle and every challenge. Speak to us, dear Lord, your servants are listening. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Friends, we are living through a difficult, painful, and extraordinary time in our country. In the wake of the violent assault by rioters at the U.S. Capitol recently and threats that continue to swirl with the deep polarization in our country, there can be a lot of anxiety and uncertainty, confusion and fear. What is the right next step for us? Where do we go from here? How are we going to move forward together? During these days of transition and inauguration, these are questions that are being discussed and asked or debated around dinner tables, in meetings, in online gatherings, in individual devotions, in therapist and counseling sessions, in casual conversations on the street and over FaceTime and on the phone. Pessimistic people may be saying, it can't be fixed. Our system is just too broken. There's just too much division. Optimistic people may be saying, we can figure this out together. Some of us may find ourselves saying both of those things at different times so that we oscillate between pessimism and optimism. And sometimes that oscillation can depend on things like whether the sun happens to be shining that day or whether it's overcast and gloomy outside. But I've got to tell you, these are times when we realize why the church gathers for worship and why the church gathers to hear God's Word in Scripture. And God bless the lectionary, for as bureaucratic and confining as it can sometimes feel to have the Scripture text for a particular Sunday assigned to you by the lectionary, on more occasions than I can keep track of, the lectionary's assignment of texts turns out to feel more like a gift. For in moments like now, 
when we may feel like we are fumbling around for what to do next, when we are trying to figure out what strategy is going to produce the best result, but it can seem like every strategy is fraught with risks and with problems. When some people are shouting that they know what needs to happen and other people are wanting to just stay in bed until the whole storm has passed, when there are people willing to take up violent force to try and get their way, in moments like this, we are given an ancient story from 1 Samuel chapter 3 about young Samuel. And this story that Connie just read for us is itself situated in a time of public crisis when the institutions of ancient Israel were exhausted and broken when, in the language of our text, the word of the Lord was rare and visions were not widespread. And young Samuel's posture, which is offered to us as a model, was to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In this story, young Samuel's mentor is the priest Eli, who is presented as something of a priest in decline, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who are also priests, are described in chapter 2 as scoundrels, corrupt religious leaders, incapable of and uninterested in leading the people to follow God. And Eli, for his part, is depicted as being incapable of restraining and correcting his corrupt sons. It was not an inspiring time, and Eli is not an inspiring figure. But when little Samuel comes to Eli, wondering about the voice that is awakening him in the night, Eli shows that the light of discernment has not completely gone out of him. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy, we read in verse 8. Even though the message from God, which is given in verses 11 to 20 of chapter 3, even though that message would be a harsh word of judgment for Eli's priestly family, Eli guides young Samuel to pay attention to the voice of the Lord so that the mentor who was in decline and had been something of a disappointment, turns out to play a very crucial role in this story. Speak, Lord. In a time where some of us can be tempted to poll test every word that comes out of our mouths, in a time where others of us can be tempted to think that if there is a leadership vacuum, then we need to rush in and fill it, in a time where some of us can despair that we'll ever be able to figure out where to go from here, this story from 1 Samuel chapter 3 brings us back to where we need to begin, where we need to stay, and where we will one day end. 
patiently waiting for God's voice to lead us where to go. We can ask this individually. We can ask this in small groups. We can ask this in our families. We can ask this as a session. We can ask this as a board of deacons, Stephen ministers, as ministry groups and committees, as an entire congregation, as neighborhood groups. We can ask this as students, as young adults, as middle-aged and older adults, as a local community, a country, a world. We can ask, God, what is the next right step for us? What are you wanting us to do next? Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Recently, Lizzie Steele shared with me a book that they are reading in one of her classes at Princeton Seminary, a book that is entitled, Everywhere You Look, Discovering the Church Right Where You Are, a book by Tim Sorens. In this book, Sorens writes that the first and the essential question for churches to ask is, what is God up to right now? What is God's dream for our country? What is God's dream for our world? What is God's dream for our community? The first and the essential question for the church to ask is not to anxiously ask, how can we get more people to come to our programs and to our services? For those questions, keep us and our efforts at the center and keep us in control. The first and the essential question to ask is, what is God up to in our time? What is God doing now? And how can we join in and participate in what God is already doing in our country, in our world, in our community, and in our neighborhoods? For to paraphrase Isaiah chapter 40, our efforts will eventually wither and fade, but God's healing dream of the beloved community will stand forever. If we do not start where young Samuel started by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. If we assume that we already know what needs to happen, and especially if what needs to happen just happens to coincide with what we want to occur, and all that remains is for us to force it to happen, if we don't start by asking God to lead us, then we may very well get caught in an anxious, dualistic mindset where those who disagree with us will be seen as enemies who must be eliminated rather than as neighbors whom we are called to love. We may find ourselves with Nathaniel at the beginning of our gospel story from John chapter 1, where Nathaniel's own ideological blinders had him convinced that nothing good could come out of Nazareth, rather than with Nathanael at the end of the gospel story from John chapter 1, where he lays down his prejudices and acknowledges Jesus of Nazareth as the one to follow. 
Now, some may think that the call to prayer is a pious way of avoiding getting involved and that imagines that we should just get everybody to sing Kumbaya together. But if we do not begin in prayerful listening for the leading of God, if we do not ground our decisions and our actions in prayer at every step, then our actions may not have staying power. We may not have the grace and the nimbleness of heart to make necessary changes to our decisions along the way, we may fall into despair if things don't unfold the way we want and we run the risk of following our own agendas rather than serving God's agenda. On this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, when we honor and remember the ministry and the legacy of Dr. King, one of God's servants who, like the rest of us, was not the Messiah, but who, like the rest of us, was a servant of the Messiah. On this weekend, when we give thanks to God for what Dr. King taught us about God's dream of the beloved community, when we give thanks for the ways that he urged and moved our country in the face of great opposition, threat, and violence, violence which sought him out and killed him, how he urged and moved our country on the path towards the beloved community, we remember that the point of this weekend is not only to look back at him and at what he did. The point is to look at ourselves in our time and to ask what is ours to do, to ask how we ought to do it. What is God calling us to do next? How is God calling us to stand against chaos and against fear without being co-opted and distorted by the chaos ourselves? Friends, as you sit today with these stories, with Samuel and Eli, with Nathaniel and Philip, with Jesus and with the voice of God that comes to us, where do you need to stop and say to God, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Where in your life do you need to hear God's voice showing you what your next step is? What is the next thing that God is wanting you to do, wanting us to do, to participate in God's work of building the beloved community in this time and in this place. May God speak God's word of grace and mercy, God's word of justice, truth, and compassion, God's word of life and renewal. May God speak God's word to us and to our world. Amen. Let us pray. Living and holy God, give us hearts and ears and eyes and minds that are attentive to your Spirit. Take away our hearts of anxiety and fear and control and give us hearts of courage 
and honesty and hope and compassion in order that our lives, our church, and our world may more and more reflect your grace and reflect your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.